Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, there ain't no party like a Mario Party, because a Mario Party burns a hole in the palm of your hand. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including an update on that whole Bayonetta 3 fiasco. And then on Thursday, we're making Nintendo games into spooky games. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. I, uh, you know, it has been barely over a week since you and I saw each other in person. And yet, it feels like... Every, Such a long time. This is every time that you go out of town or I go out of town or whatever. We don't see each other for like one regularly scheduled recording session. I'm like, where's Mark? <laughs> <laughs> it's upsetting to my psyche. I, I just, we, especially, uh, so back in the day, we used to do uh, both episodes on in, in uh, one evening, right? Uh-huh. A single recording session back to back. Um uh, I'm glad we don't do that anymore, uh, just because it's a, it was a long time. It to, seemed like such a good idea at the time. It seemed like such a, like a great idea. We can knock both these out at once. It's a bad idea. Um, but yeah, now since I am now chemically addicted to seeing you <laughs> twice a week. It really does mess with my brain chemistry. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I hope it's how does, I tell time. It is. You're, yes, that's right. Um, uh, you can just like feel an absence of me in 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 your midst, and then you know it it, it must be Wednesday. Um, Mark, here's something else that people could miss: my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it, uh, Mark? We're getting like dangerously close to the release of Sonic Frontiers. We really are, and I don't know if that I'm I'm get I'm worried that it's going to change like the shape of the Sonic Forces borrowing program. I don't know in what way. You know, and I think in the You've I'm, been ringing I'm, this bell for a while. I am. I, think. I am. Yeah. I'm nervous, but I'm excited because yeah. initially I was like, "What happens when Sonic Frontiers releases?" But then I realized two things: one, the Sonic Forces borrowing program is perfect. It's never not been perfect, and we've weathered this storm, a similar storm, before when uh, an imperfect copy got lost, so it could be replaced by a perfect uh, copy. Yes, I see. I I don't know if that copy was imperfect. I it think was, it, was, it was perfectly serving the will of the program. I, I, and got lost. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. I, I mean, in my uh, telling of the story, probably what happened is mm-hmm. uh, the previous copy realized it was imperfect, bore a hole oh, through the envelope, wow. and yes. like kind of uh, uh, sacrificed itself for the greater good of continuing the perfect program. I think. I think that's right. Well, and also then it it. Uh, it let us know that just putting a loose uh, switch cartridge in an envelope turns out not a great idea. <laughs> so I think this is to say that um, I too am a little nervous about what happens when Sonic Frontiers is released, but I believe that it'll all yeah. work out. Let Sonic take the wheel, basically, is what we're saying. That's exactly Did right. I explain the program? If you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, all you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com. And give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. It may be a Sonic Forces box with an untitled Goose Game cartridge inside. That's okay. The program's perfect. Don't worry about it. I send, you, I send it to you. You play it. I pay for postage both ways so that you send it back to me. Uh, and you've borrowed my copy of Sonic Forces. As we mentioned, the perfect borrowing perfect program. program. Uh, another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you get your podcast where you can review things or favorite it or give it a thumbs up. It means so much to us. It really helps people find the show. And also, Patrick and I really just love reading your reviews. We take little screen grabs of them and then text them to each other. It's true. And uh, <laughs> it's just delightful. So, Thank you to everyone who has left us a five-star review. If you leave us a review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. If you leave us a review anywhere else, we can't see it or we choose not to see it, And um, but we still want to give you a shout-out, so please let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Send us a email. Reach out any way that you can. Let us know on Discord. That's you could right. join our Discord if you have not already. You should email us or send us a tweet or... 
uh, I guess, leave a review. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Sorry. I would be remiss. Yes. If I did not thank Brian from Houston for his five-star review this is right. on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store. And if you want me to interrupt Patrick to remember, so that way I can uh, give you a shout-out, then you can leave us a five-star review. And this whole process can play itself over again. And look, you all know how much that hurt Mark to interrupt me just now. <laughs> It's really important. Thank you, Brian from Houston. Uh, we appreciated reading your review. Uh, get in the Discord. Uh, send us an email. Uh, send us a, a tweet. Um, we will let you in. You can have a fun time talking about Nintendo with other people who are talking about, get this, Nintendo. It's a fun, chill time. Everyone is nice. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So, like you mentioned, I've been traveling this past week, and uh, I was staying at a rental house that had, like, a home theater set up with um, stadium seating and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Hooked up a Switch to it and played Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on the big screen, and that was pretty cool. I've never experienced uh, playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate that way. Um, I can't tell Normally if Normally you gotta hold the switch real close up to your <laughs> exactly, face to get that experience. Exactly. I can't tell if it made it more chaotic to have it that large or less chaotic. Uh so you were staying in a big house with a lot of people. Were yeah. people playing Super Smash Brothers with you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh we had like multiple Joy-Con going. Nice. It was a, um it was a good time. How how many people did you get in at one time? I think we had six Joy-Con. Yeah. So I think we had six going max. But the other thing while traveling is um, I was kind of looking for just a game I could play in the airport. And so I was dinking around on uh, Mario Kart for a little bit. But then I realized I have Portal 2 on my Switch that I have not played yeah. ever. Yeah. And uh, a few months back, I played Portal 1. No surprise. Thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a perfect game. <laughs> but I'd kind of put off. Uh, I didn't immediately jump into Portal 2 because it was like, I don't know. You know, it just felt like more portal and in some ways it is in some ways it is but it's also uh like it i it, like a good second draft where they're just like oh we kind of they lean more into the humor like mm -hmm. wheatley the other the ai Stephen robot that, character yeah, yeah is like amazing uh the writing is just incredibly funny even and the writing in portal one was great Portal 2 takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah. The puzzles are really fun. Like, um, they, uh, you could start with Portal 2 totally. and still, you know, like get up to speed, but it does move a lot faster than Portal 1 does, where um, it doesn't hold your hand for as long. Like, the puzzles well, get a little It's got to start introducing faster. you to different goos. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, I, I'm just, ha I'm just having a blast. It's kind of the, uh, in some ways, it's kind of crazy that it's never been, uh, like on a portable before maybe it was maybe it was on like um the like nvidia portable port uh portable port portable <laughs> <laughs> but basically it's like it feels made for it because mm. you do like one puzzle yeah. or part of a puzzle and then you can just like you know put it to sleep and yeah go sure. on and do something else yeah i mean there there is definitely a like uh the recursive nature of like and now you're just tackling the next room of like you know portal puzzling um, that is very like pick up and put down friendly. Is the other the is it J.K. Simmons uh, that his his voice is, is J.K. Simmons yeah. is in this? Yeah, that's yes. right as well. And I think that they're the only two actors in in the game. Well, you still have um uh, oh Glados Gl yeah yeah uh -huh. that's right that's right I forgot which that's like a funny um interaction when Glados wakes up. Yeah. Because uh, you killed her at the end of the last game. You sure did. <laughs> She's trying not to hold a grudge. Yep. You threw all of her pieces <laughs> into the fire. Yep. So yeah, I'm having a blast with Portal 2. Patrick, you and I still yes. have a date yes, to we uh, do. play the co-op, which I'm, I'm really excited so, about. The, the co-op is so good, Mark. It is uh, truly its own like standalone experience. Uh, in my mind, there is a Portal trilogy. It's Portal, Portal 2, and Portal 2 co-op. Um, and it the the Portal 2 co-op, the capstone of the trilogy, like does the thing of like pulling everything together and oh, making it very all feel cool. like cohesive and, and wonderful and fun. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, so stay tuned. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show. We definitely will. <laughs> uh, Mark, I've been playing a couple things. 
One is that I've been playing Marvel Snap uh, on my phone. What is Marvel Snap? Marvel Snap is a Hearthstone-like collectible card game uh, that you play with Marvel characters, uh, and it's just on mobile. And it is uh, a perfect bite-sized collectible card game uh, because your deck is 12 cards, uh, games last six turns. Some occasion, very occasionally, they will last seven turns. A turn takes thirty seconds, um, and there is no way to pay to get more cards. Oh, um, uh, there there are ways to pay to you know you can spend money on this thing if you want to, um, but I have not spent a dime on it, and I've not at any point so far playing it for a week felt pressured to spend money on it. Um, it rules the game is so good and so uh like short and chaotic and unique every single game feels totally unique so the 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 way it's set up is uh you start by drawing three cards from your 12 card deck um and there are six there there are six turns is is what you have to to conquer as many locations as you can there are three locations on the board and they're all a mystery at the beginning and uh once each turn uh the locations starting on the left moving to the right are revealed so the beginning of the first turn you see what that first location is and they're all locations from the marvel universe so you know there's uh the manhattan or hell's kitchen or you know uh uh name another location that's not in new york (laughs) (laughs) like wakanda i can't do it wakanda yes exactly um and each one of those locations uh comes with a another like special quality that like changes the uh the makeup of the game so it'll be something like uh all of the characters in both players hands have plus one power um or uh uh you know on on turn five you can only play cards at this location um and so you know turn two you reveal the second location turn three you reveal the third location and then that's it you've got three more turns to just like play out for dominance over over those locations and when i say dominance uh you know all the characters in your hand all, all the cards are characters um and they all have a power like rating attached to them and all you're doing is trying to get higher numbers than your opponent at any individual location oh so it's very simple like you're not fighting you know and every now and then there are cards that like uh electra is a a a a one cost one power card that when you play her you destroy one of your opponent's uh one cost um characters at that same location but like that's a rarity. They usually don't eliminate each other. They just sort of like stack up. Um, and so it feels a lot less like magic or like Hearthstone and almost more like a, um, the, the game I keep going back to in my head is Monopoly Deal. You ever play Monopoly Deal? Yeah. Um, just like a simple, quick little card game. Um, and like the, the, the fact that it is, that it's got these like three locations and they're all like randomized and chaotic uh means that every single game feels like a different game like it's not just like how your cards are dealt or what your opponent's deck is it's also this like other kind of thing um and so like i there's not i don't think there's there there are good ways to build decks and bad ways to build decks but i don't think there's i think you can build a good deck out of any selection of like 20 cards right um so it's really all about like figuring out the sort of strategy and like trying to anticipate what your opponent is going to do. Um, and there aren't like, it's so rare now. And mind you, I've been playing a lot in the last week. Um, but like, I don't see cards anymore that I haven't seen. Right. Like I've seen them all. Um, so it's just like, you can sort of anticipate what people are doing and what, what moves they're going to have available to them. Uh, I just think it's a wonderful game and the art is astounding. Um, uh, all of the cards have variants uh, that are um, like from sort of like famous comic book covers. There's this Jim Lee drawing of Cyclops that I have is like my avatar right now, which just rules. There are little eight bit versions of all of them. Uh, and, I don't know. It's just it's it's a very 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 good game. That sounds really cool. How do you get more cards like for your deck if you don't pay for them? So you up your uh your collector level by upgrading cards and you upgrade cards using like the currencies that you earn in the game. Could you buy uh those currencies with real money? 
Yes, you could. Oh, okay. So is that what like the upsell is? Kinda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is 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 having the the assets to uh, upgrade cards, um, but in a lot of ways that's just upgrading the uh, the like aesthetics of the card. Like you can. Uh, the first level, you do a, uh, a a frame break on the card, so now like the you know Wolverine's claws are like poking out like past the edges of 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 the card, um, and then in the second level uh, up from there, it's like a three D card, and then like it's animated a little bit, just like a little bit, something like waving in the background, right? Um, and so like you get it's all of these like aesthetic little changes, and you can choose like which versions of the cards to level up, be it like the 8-bit version or, you know, like my Jim Lee Cyclops that I really want to level up. Um, and uh, yeah, so like that's mo- most of the, I think all of the uh, money that you could spend on it is just to um, like control which visuals you're upgrading. So sorry, how do you get new cards for your deck then? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, as you upgrade the cards, you get uh, you like your collector level raises. And as you uh, like go up on this like, tree every now and then there's like get a new card um so like uh yeah and sometimes it's like you're just getting more upgrade points or whatever um so like it sort of just happens naturally as you're oh, playing okay yeah that sounds i mean that does sound really cool the uh, the game is just so good mark like i can't um i've put like hours and there uh there, there was one day this week where you know since you and i weren't recording i just had like an evening to myself where i was like I don't really have anything to do tonight. Uh, and I just played Marvel Snap for like four hours. How did you hear about it? I hadn't heard about it until you talked about it in the Discord. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, Marvel it's just Snap has always out, been in out, your out life. Yeah. That's right. I do uh, not remember a time before Marvel Snap. Well, let me, and maybe this is specifically to Sarah, if you're listening. No, Sarah, don't listen. <laughs> well, I was no, just, go ahead, no, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, because you, um, uh, famously to me, anyways, yes, turned away from Magic the Gathering. That's right. Worried that you would get. I'll too tell deep. the story a little okay. bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was in middle school, I did play Magic the Gathering super hard. Uh, it was what I did with all of my friends. It was what I went to bed thinking about. It's what I woke up in the morning thinking about. Uh, absolutely loved Magic the Gathering. Um, was obsessed, spent a ton of money on it when I was 12, right? Um, until the, the one summer that I went on vacation with my friends, uh, or no, with my uh, family, and my friends went to Gen Con and sold their magic cards. Uh, and then when I came back, uh, uh, my friend Ryan was like, we're, we're sleeping over at my mom's house. Don't bring your magic cards. We sold our, we sold, don't bring your deck. We sold our magic cards. And I was like, yeah, right. Uh, sure, I'll see, I'll see you guys there. And naturally, I brought my cards. And they didn't have them anymore because they actually did sell them. I hung out with those guys for another like six months. And we tried to figure out other things that we could do together. We had nothing in common. <laughs> we got into Warhammer forty thousand. Like it was bad. It was a bad scene, Mark. <laughs> well, you know, previously when I had, you know, like we'd been talking about it and be like, oh, I'd play Magic again, and you were like, no, no, I can't do I it. I can't magic, get in. Yes. Yeah, I can't get into it. If you are getting in, this you, is the same. If this you get in too deep. <laughs> Yeah. With Marvel Snap, basically what yeah. that, and what I was reaching out to Sarah for, right, 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 is uh, do you need to stage an intervention? If, not if, yet, no, no, not, not yet. yet. That's not what yet. I'm saying. I'm, I I'm need, open I, to. I it, need though. Sarah to be alert for the warning signs. You know, letting us know. <laughs> right, keep just right. keep me in the loop, Sarah. But I but this does actually sound incredibly cool. I mean, I so there, there's no way to play like one on one with like your friends at the moment. But it's but just it is like other random people. match. Yes. Oh, okay. And it is occasionally bots too. I'm right. sure. Um, but you know, uh, there are also definitely times where you're like, "Oh, there's no way the the Marvel thing uh, generated uh, someone with the name Man of Steel, right?" Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, you're you're definitely playing against uh, against real people and occasionally against bots. Um, and the bots are obviously easier. Um, but the real people, the real people are good. The real people understand the strategy in the same way that I think I do. So. Um, yeah, no, it's great and super fun, and they are going to introduce uh, like one-on-one play with your friends, uh, either locally or remotely, um, in coming updates. So I'm very excited about it. Mark, if you get into it, you got to let me know. Um, it's not on a Nintendo platform, so I'm so sorry to spend so much time talking about it, but it really just is a remarkable little game. It sounds really cool. And I you can play it for free it right out. now. So. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then I've been playing Tunic as well, Mark. How is that, how is that going? Because it looks 
so cute. It looks so yeah. fun. It's it's so super cute. I it, I really don't know if I would call it fun. Okay. Um, because it is challenging as all get out. Um, the combat is uh frequently unforgiving. Um, and your little fox uh only has so much health. Um, so like he takes a couple hits and he's just like down for the count. And the 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 game is designed that way. Like you're supposed to die a bunch. Um, and you're supposed to like learn through, uh, you know, experimentation, all that kind of stuff and learn through getting more pages of this instruction booklet. And the instruction booklet is the best part of this game. Um, and so you collect these books, these pages in game, um, and they look like a classic NES, uh, you know, game manual, um, but also have some like handwritten notes in it. Uh, and it's the, the manual is sort of half and half in like a made up language and English. Right. Um, so like. Uh, and then you kind of like piece together other things it's trying to tell you through like sometimes it's a map or um, like a list of like the items and you'll you'll can see that it's like showing uh, this is a, a bonus to your attack to your defense or whatever, um, and so like getting those pages you're like oh I can I haven't been do I haven't been playing the game right like there there are fundamental um, mechanics that like are just slightly unintuitive that you have to learn from seeing them in the book. Um, but I do th- so like, and that that's all uh, super fun. The discovery of that is satisfying every time. It's the most exciting thing finding a, a page of the book, um, because you're like, okay, now I've got this like real world kind of puzzle of like trying to decipher what this image is telling me about how I can play this game differently, and that's just so rewarding, right? Like I I can't think of a, another game that has given me that kind of satisfaction um, that then leads immediately to like tangible improvement of my gameplay experience right um but i do think that uh the game overall has a problem with um like how you're able able to like discover stuff in the world itself like i don't think it's quite as clear as other games of its type in just like leading you to um you know various locations oh that's interesting um they're, they're pretty early on in the game um i i uh was like sort of stuck and i was like i don't know where to go i i feel like i've scoured every inch of this map Ooh, i hate that feeling uh, and i'm like and this is the kind of game that like if you look it up like you know it's the secrets are all there uh and i was like i i, I ran around for probably like half an hour being like i legit don't know what to do uh and then it was like then you know go this way and head head east and i was like i've been east like i can't there's nothing for me to do over here and then i like pulled up a video and watched the walkthrough and sure enough it was just like going through a door that like didn't read to me as a door oh, do you know what i mean uh-huh, I just do. that like uh it wasn't telegraphing to me enough this thing that like is obvious an obvious part of the game that uh and I'm blaming the game for this. Maybe I should blame <laughs> me, but like, um, I, I found that to be a little bit frustrating. Uh, but I'm really, really enjoying it. I am playing it on uh, PS5 and not on Switch because um, I heard it had some performance issue issues. Uh, and with the multiple times that I'm dying, I don't really want to live through a long Switch loading screen um, for that, which I understand is also a problem. It's lightning fast on the PlayStation 5. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, in uh, in just for full transparency, I'm talking about two games that I did not play on, <laughs> on Nintendo platforms. Well, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. I'm 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 really liking it. So I guess uh, two kind of things to call out here. One, neither of us have, are talking about Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, right? Or uh, Persona Five Royal. Which so, has been downloaded onto my Switch. Uh, me as well. Like, I am yes! ready to yes! start Persona <laughs> 5 Royal. And, that you know, we talked about this last week. And that is the route that I'm going to go. Yes. Uh, there's a website that I am blanking on the name right now. But basically, they track, like, when video games have gone on sale. Yes. And the original Mario Plus Rabbids, it was basically by January was was half off. Like, you could find it for half off. Wow. wow. And so, you know, and it released a little bit earlier in the year released in like september um of 27 or october i can't remember of 2017 so i guess maybe not that much earlier maybe like a month earlier than this one is releasing but i did it was just really hard for me especially having those two games to choose from uh i 
kind of decided that, yeah, I'm just going to wait on Spark. I'm super excited for it. It looks great. The reviews have been awesome. But uh, it just it was hard for me to justify spending 120 bucks knowing totally, that totally. this game that I'm not going to get to for weeks is going to be half off in, you know, like right. 12 weeks. Right. Well, and I mean, there's also just like other stuff that I want to play right now, too. I, I still got to pick up Them's Fighting Herds. Um, which is twenty bucks, and I I just got Tunic on uh on PlayStation for thirty bucks. So like, you know, let's 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 meter this all out, right? <laughs> like we 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 can we can get back to uh Mario plus Rabbits later. One last thing that I've been messing around with, which isn't technically a game, um, Mark, I did a little bit of a. Uh, you do like spring cleaning and maybe like fall nesting, right? Uh, that I was like, some of my things aren't as organized as as they could be. Um, I was recently gifted a uh, Game Boy and a library of Game Boy games from my friend Ethan. Um, Eighteen total Game Boy games, uh, and they're all they all have like their little clamshell cases. Um, but otherwise, uh, the Game Boy and the games and the accessories were just in a green plastic grocery bag that has been living in like the little uh, wooden crate next to my couch. Um, which uh, an unacceptable storage solution, right? Like that's no good. Um, and so I got to work uh, fashioning a uh, shoebox. Um, with little like dividers and stuff in it so that there are different compartments for the uh, Game Boy itself, for the Game Boy games. And I like sort of uh, built a little shelf up on it uh, so that you could like flip through it like it's, you know, like a library card catalog. Um, and uh, I, I, I kind of went to town with like duct tape on it. So it's got like a DIY uh, kind of look to it. Um, and I am uh, going to do some like decorative things on the top of it too. Um, and when that that's all done, then uh, I'll, I'll post pictures in the Discord. Uh, but so I just wanted like a, a place to put the Game Boy and Game Boy games uh, in a way that's like appropriately shrine-like, but also appropriately like put away. Do you oh, know what I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and in the same go, I was like, I've got too many of these Nintendo Switch Online controllers, right? I've got the Nintendo sixty four one, the Sega Genesis, and two NES ones, uh, and then also because I was like. You can't not also have the the Super Nintendo. I went ahead and ordered that too, um, but I was like, hey, th- these are all just loose controllers, right? Loose controllers that barely get any use uh, unless I am playing one of those games at the moment. Uh, so I bought a um, briefcase that is like a hardback briefcase that's normally used for uh, camera equipment, and it's got all this like foam in it that you can like pull out and like shape. Um, so I'm going to like cut that into the shapes of the controllers so I can just have this nice handy briefcase open up, show all the uh, controllers, take them out when I need them. Otherwise, they're just put away and safe. That sounds incredible. I feel like you have to get a pair of handcuffs so you can handcuff that briefcase to you whenever you're carrying <laughs> when I, it. Whenever anyways. I travel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that sounds so awesome. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Ooh, I. Have you gotten an update on your analog pocket? So uh, I, I order. I, I I got the email as everyone did that uh, people in waves two and three um, they plan to ship them all before the end of the year, which was not the case before. But I have uh, not gotten an uh, an update email saying when specifically I would get mine. I did get the email uh, from them saying you can pre-order the things so you can play, you know, a Neo Geo Pocket games on it. And I was like, no, let's let's do let's fulfill this order first, okay? And then and then try to convince me to buy something else. But uh, Ethan giving you all those like Game Boy games and stuff made me wonder how that was coming along uh yeah and i can tell you that i have no i have no update on that (laughs) fair enough someday i will mark uh that's that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week so alan wake remastered surprise dropped last thursday for switch it was released on other platforms in 2021 but uh released on switch Last week, it's $30, but is currently, as of this recording, 20% off for launch. I, did you ever play Alan Wake? I've never played no, it. Never. Um, and But it's supposed to be like a really interesting kind of like survival horror or horror game. Um, I, d- From what I've seen from the Switch version, it's a rougher port. So it mm-hmm. seems like one of those that if you can play it on other platforms, yeah, go probably ahead and do make that. that choice. Hopefully there will be like a patch in the future for this version that improves things. But I, I am interested in someday, somehow, playing Alan Wake 
Uh, but I just don't know that it's going to be this release. Uh, does it seem like we are in a more pronounced place of that specific phenomenon now than we were just a couple of years ago? That like there, you do have the ability to play a lot of uh, current or current-ish games on Switch, but it is just like not advisable. Yeah, it, it, or it at least feels like there have been quite a few recently. Yeah, that that has been the case. Um, I it you know the Switch is still very success selling very well like very successful and you know nintendo is able to uh squeeze a lot of you know blood out of that stone but it does feel like we're beginning to um uh yeah, run up against technical limitations yeah, it's beginning that, to matter more like yeah doom right because you, you, you played doom 2016 20 what, it, it, what year did doom come out Oh, uh, the I think it is Doom 2016, but it was released on Switch in 2017. Right, right, yeah. right. And, and but you, I did, I did play you, that. You played it on Switch, and yep. it wasn't, it didn't to you feel like no, I had a blast. Yeah. Um, and well, I was about, <laughs> I was about to say I played La Noir on it, but La Noir was an older game too, so like maybe that doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I just I'm I'm, I'm I feel like you're hearing it more, even in something like Tunic, um, that like the Switch is just not like handling the third party stuff the way it it used to or at least our standards for it are have uh grown a little beyond what it's capable of. I mean it is crazy to think that when the Switch was released, you know, like the PlayStation 4 had already been out for a while. Yeah. You know, and now we're a couple of years into the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series era. Um and in, and the Switch is still running the same old hardware and it's not that games can't look good it's that like you're saying a lot of these third party ports I think are really uh th- yeah they're it, it's this weird place where third parties are actively supporting Nintendo in a way that they have not for a very long time but it I it's feeling like time for the hardware to help them out yeah, a little I th- bit I, th- I think so well and especially when. Uh, it's not just a matter of looking. It's it's it, like the 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 whole experience of of running more smoothly. There's the whole uh, the loading uh, stuff right. that I mentioned. You know, like um, that's such a big part of the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series uh, consoles that like they're like we don't do load times anymore. You don't have to wait. And Switch is like, no, we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I think it's telling that you know you had an opportunity to play Tunic on yeah. any platform and you chose. Instead of like having be it be accessible in a portable form, right? You're like no, performance wise, I would rather you know play it on PlayStation Five. It, and it feels to me, anyways, that we have hit this point, like it's almost like a wall, like it just happened really quickly. Yeah. Where sure, you know, like there were games like uh, um, Outer Worlds mm-hmm. that you know I played, and that started out as a rough port. I don't think it's amazing now, but you know they definitely put in the work to improve it. But for a lot of them, you know, like Doom Eternal. You know, they were running on Switch. And, yeah. Um, but it really feels like all of a sudden is just like performance has become an issue in a way that it wasn't before. Yeah. I, I also wonder if for me it, it comes down to just uh, individual circumstance. Like one of the things that I like the Switch for is like if Sarah's on the TV, I can just like take the take the Switch out and play it. But since she, she also spends a lot of time playing the Switch, that like the dynamic is a little bit reversed if I have a game on, on PlayStation where I'm like, if she's playing Tetris, then I can be like, oh, hey, can you go into handheld mode so I can play Tunic? Yeah. You wouldn't be able to do that the other way. Totally. Uh, unless we had two Switches, which I would also be a solution. <laughs> now releases for this week. Oh, yes. <laughs> on Friday, October 28th, Bayonetta 3 is released for Switch. And also on Friday, Resident Evil Village Cloud is released on the switch eShop. uh very interesting where i know we're going to talk about both of those games uh later in, in 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 the news section so i won't dwell on it here um but uh wild that resident evil village is uh coming out on switch yeah in one form or another <laughs> uh, and uh also on saturday october 29th a game called halloween shooter is released for switch which you know like uh i i guess wh- why drop that on saturday the 29th I don't know. This one was highlighted, and I assumed you it highlighted me. it. I highlighted oh, okay. it. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I highlighted just, but just because I wanted to. I just wanted to like. I just wanted to stew in for a second, like Halloween shooter. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Releasing on the 29th. 
no one's going to play that. First of all, no one's going to play this game. No one's going to play this game on November 1st, right? Right. The shelf life is two days. <laughs> <laughs> but what a two days. What a be. two days. Do you know what? Yes. I, I, do, I don't know anything about this game. No one does. But what I think it is, is it's like um, one of those uh, shooting games that you would see at county fairs with like ducks that oh, are going across. Oh, I like across. that. It's just like a little wooden ghost. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say uh, DVD copies of John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> Just on like yeah, that's, track that's, going that's back way, and that's forth. That's way better than what I was going to say. <laughs> All right, Mark. Um, those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today I have a quiz for you to close out our uh, October quiz time. Oh, crazy. This will be the last one. This will be the last one. Because um, the next one will happen in uh, November. Um, so the quiz is from BuzzFeed. Build a last-minute Halloween costume, and we'll guess your favorite Halloween activity. Okay. Um, which feels less like a quiz, and right? Because a, a quiz is supposed to like determine something about you. This is that they're going to guess. It's going to inform their guess about your favorite <laughs> Halloween activity. Okay. Uh, the first prompt is, oh, no, it's October 30th, and you've completely forgotten your Halloween costume. Quick, where are you f- looking first for something to wear? Your options are your closet. Your old dress-up trunk, your parents' closet, Target, the Halloween store, or CVS? Oh, um, I'm going to Target. Mark's going to Target. Uh, Let's start with a theme. What are you basing your costume on? A TV show, a classic Halloween costumes, and that's what the option says, a classic Halloween costumes, an animal, something scary, food, or a celebrity? What was the, what were the first couple options? A TV show, a classic Halloween costumes, an animal. I'll, uh, I'll say scary. a TV show. A TV show, great. Uh, what accessories will you be wearing? Hair extensions, <laughs> a scary mask, a headband, cat ears, a witch's hat, or nothing, thanks. Not a wig, but hair extensions? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll do hair extensions. All right, hair extensions it is. I'm going to try to guess what you're dressing up as as we go. Uh, Now pick some clothes. A plaid skirt, a lacy black dress, uh, a bright dress, leather pants, jeans, or a leather miniskirt. (laughs) I didn't screen any of this, by the way. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm going to wear jeans, I think. If I know one thing about you, I know that that is true. Uh, Pick a jacket. Jacket number one, a gray hoodie. Should I read the rest? <laughs> <laughs> well, just for kicks. Okay. Uh, a black cape, a yellow blazer, a faux fur coat, a leather jacket, no jacket, thanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a hoodie. Yep. Uh, pick some shoes. Oh, pick some shoes to top off the look. Mark, oh, okay. You, you, get, you get to look at shoes here. Uh, so we've got some, like, red heels. We've got some red Converse. Um, some, like, low-rise boots with a heel. Um, more heels, more heels. <laughs> Uh, I'll wear the Converse. Okay. <clears throat> is this a solo or partner look? Oh, uh, this is well. You and I are going to a Halloween party together, so uh, it's a well. Partner let me read look. the options. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressing up on my own. Me and my SO are dressing up together. Me and my BFF are BFF are dressing up together. I'm dressing up with a whole group. Okay. Uh, me and my BFF okay. are dressing up together. Uh, what prop will you carry around with you? Okay, and now we got to go here as you get to see the props. Okay, so there's like a black fuzzy purse. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's a bunch of shopping bags. I assume they're the prop. Um, there's the uh, like pumpkin trick-or-treat bucket. There's a little gold purse. There's a, a, a pumpkin and a like old-style witch broom and like a water pistol. <laughs> uh, I, we're going to carry the, or at least I'm going to carry, uh, plastic... Uh, like jack-o'-lantern bucket. Okay, are you going as like the Stranger Things kids? <laughs> uh, okay, you got going to a haunted house. The thing you love most about Halloween is going to haunted houses. You love getting scared in, in a controlled environment, and nothing can beat the excited chill you get when you wait in line to buy your tickets at night. <laughs> the excited chill you get when waiting to buy your tickets. Yeah, everybody's favorite Halloween activity. Uh, I am going to say that, that it was a good guess, but I'm sorry, BuzzFeed quiz. That is not, in fact, my favorite Halloween activity. Uh, I do not like going to... I don't yeah. like being startled. 
Yeah, well, and especially like being startled in a group where like you could like people are laughing at you when you're scared, right? <laughs> That's not fun. Uh, all right, we were accompanied today by the modern mu- by the KCL Modern Music Society. So from one society to another, uh, thank you so much for accompanying us, Mark. Let's get into the news. So, so last week we talked about a Twitter thread by former Bayonetta voice actor um, Helena Helena Taylor, uh, where she posted a video to Twitter saying she didn't return for the third game because Platinum only offered her 4K like total for her work, and she urged fans to boycott the game. However, since then. Further reporting, primarily by Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, has revealed that Taylor lied about everything. Um, according to Schreier's reporting, Platinum offered Taylor between three and $4,000 per session with at least five sessions planned. And in response, Taylor asked Platinum for a six-figure sum plus residuals. Pat- Platinum declined her offer and at this point started looking for a new voice actor for Bayonetta. Later, Platinum offered Taylor a cameo in the game that would pay her like a flat fee for one session. Which is presumably what she was referring to uh, in her lie by omission. (laughs) Yeah, well, but even... Video, yeah. And I don't even know if it was a lie by omission. Just a straight up lie. Yeah, just like a straight up lie. And then on Monday, so yesterday... Uh, Taylor posted a new Twitter thread where she denied lying, but also confirmed many, if not all, details of Schreier's reporting indirectly. Right. So some of the things that she uh, continues to deny uh, are that um, uh, the the specific pay structure of four to five uh, um, sessions, she does say um, that uh, she was originally offered um, 10, which then came up to uh, $15,000 to do the, the whole thing. Um, uh, and she, uh, addresses the like $250,000, uh, ask, um, a- as, uh, a- an outright lie as well. Um, but uh, to your point, uh, also, she lied in the first place. And also, uh, the, at least Bloomberg's reporting just said six figures. It never sure. said a specific number. So you, you know, like, so where did that number come yeah, from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know, at the time that we talked about this last week, um, we, uh, first of all, we talked about it on Saturday, so it was still very fresh. Um, but I think even at that time, we were like, there's a mountain of things we don't know about this. Um, you know, in, in, including like, uh, well, ba- basically everything. Um, and I know, I know one of the things that I had in the, in the doc from last week was like, we don't know if that offer is, if that offer was real. Uh, and, uh, that was me being a little bit editorial and you didn't read it on the show. And I was like, that's fine. That's fair. Um, that's, that's me take, taking a stab at like, well, we don't, we can't, you can't trust anyone. Uh, but I think in this case, we, uh, we should not have uh, even trusted her as much as we did. No, I completely agree. I, I feel like uh, we took what she said at face value, like, and we assumed that she was operating in good faith. Yeah. And knowing what we know now, it does not seem to be the case at all. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it, it, the, I, I do believe that we will never truly understand uh, the, the ins and outs of this. Um, uh, and you know, it, it it sucks how much this like clouds the uh, very real issue of um, there not being any like standards or enough uh, uh, organization of um, uh, voice actors, although as as uh, you mentioned in in our notes here, um, Bayonetta was a union uh, performer game, so um, there was a, a union at play here. Um, but yeah, it just sucks that it, that that clouds this episode clouds that issue for anyone else trying to get equitable pay in games uh, or fight for uh, voice actor, um, you know, like rights or residuals or whatever. Yeah, it's um, I I, I will say. I am glad in some way that this got broken because if we had recorded on, we recorded last week's news episode on Saturday, which, like you said, is why we only right. You know, I think atypical on, for us. We normally Monday night for right. for Tuesday morning. Uh huh. But because I was traveling, we recorded early, and so, like you said, 
you know, we knew we didn't have all the information, but we didn't, we had no way of knowing exactly how it was going to shake out. Um, <laughs> yeah, we sort of oversold the information we had while saying, well, we can't trust this information. Like, right. Sort of both at the same time. Yeah. But I, I just, um, uh, but I am selfishly glad that uh, we kind of talked about it over two episodes. Because can you tr- imagine trying to summarize this entire ordeal no. in one no, absolutely like, not. <laughs> news story? So in that way, uh, a blessing. But um, it, it, it was interesting, though, because after, after we recorded, you and I just had a conversation about, like, yeah, there's so much about that we don't know. Uh, and I said something to the effect of, like, well, if she... Uh, if uh, Taylor ends up being a, a milkshake duck by next week, then we can we can address it at that point. Uh, and like that's totally what that's happened. Hundred percent what happened. Um, do you know the origin of milkshake duck? I don't really remember like how how that phrase it, uh, where it came from. I think there's a. I think it's from a person on Twitter named Pixelated Boat, and it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, look at that, like cute milkshake duck right and then five minutes later we regret to inform you that milkshake duck is a racist yeah there we go yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's that that's it and that's uh sort of and you know there's uh there was all sorts of um you know spending just a little bit more time with uh taylor's twitter account uh discovering that she holds some sort of like unsavory political views um and uh seems to not have a lot of patience for uh trans people which is awful yeah um so you know it's a to- total milk dick, mil- milk shake duck situation here. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I it's one of those things that like now that we've talked about it, we had to do that. We had to do this like right. follow up, but uh, uh, in hindsight, or if we had known, I just. It, the whole thing is just, just so like the whole thing. messy. Yeah, it, yeah. The, the whole thing just sucks. Um, and like the. Is it was so weird to see the because dur- during the 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 week between uh, when we first talked about this and now, um, whenever Nintendo posted a uh, trailer for Bayonetta stuff or, or any Bayonetta information, all of the replies, all the comments were just like f- flaming them for yeah. uh, you know like not paying her enough. Um, and then I saw uh, they they posted something today. Nintendo posted something today just about the game, um, and it's all excitement about Bayonetta 3 um which just kind of goes to the like I, is the internet even real like what what is any of it um it's all just so bizarre and so like fickle and i i wonder if any of it affected anyone's buying decisions about anything i it also i mean just for me personally was such a like instructive lesson yeah. on um how to consume you know because i liked uh information and you know uh on that's on the internet that's happening in real time because you know i think a lot of people had really um like strong reactions and were really in support of taylor in the beginning you know and we talked about last week how it's like oh this is just another example of you know um a big business Right, you know, like screwing over the little guy, and I think that's a narrative that you know um, uh, is usually right. is usually right, <laughs> you know. And so I, it was very easy for myself to fall into that into the knee jerk reaction of like, oh man, platinum really messed up this time, you know, like that sort of thing. And uh, and then just a couple of days later, you know, you didn't get the response immediately, and so that allowed that narrative to be out there for a little bit. Like huge websites were yeah. covering yeah. Um, everyone. Where, yeah, like, every, every game's website, and even The Verge. You know, it's so like a technology yeah. website yeah. and Vulture, which is they generally don't cover like video games that closely. But you know, it was making headlines a lot of places. And then this follow up, you do not see the right. same Going sort the of same, like follow up places. And yeah. so I think uh, I, I don't know. It, the whole thing was just like uh, I like to think of myself as being like media savvy and knowing how to take in information and you know like. Um, how to yeah you respond to media it. literate and, and yeah. yeah this is just a great example of um somebody kind of uh uh using that to their advantage um the uh, uh i have an, another example of like this exact thing happening uh this last week um 
Sarah and I were talking about something Cartoon Network, uh, and she was like, "Oh, and you know they just got shut down." And I was like, "No, I when because yeah, like stuff changes so fast." Uh, and she was like, "Oh, like earlier this week." And I was like, "Okay, but like check it. That turns out it wasn't real. The person reporting on uh, Cartoon no- Network as you know it is dead." Um, was the the headline uh, was like some analysis on some of the layoffs that were happening uh, at Cartoon Network and through uh, WB um, and uh, like further reporting on the subject of like no no we're we're not dead like we're not you know like some of the things that we were making we're not making anymore um, but like Cartoon Network is still here that part of it didn't get to to Sarah right. Uh, it's also uh, media literate, uh, uh, very internet savvy. Um, it is just the problem of uh, inflammatory misinformation being easier to digest than uh, non-inflammatory truth. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. What did we learn? <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just a like kind of a crappy situation all the way around. Um yeah, I don't really know what to do with that other than that. Bayonetta, out on Friday. <laughs> Last week, the NPD Group released uh, its monthly report on video game sales in the United States. In September, the PlayStation 5 was the best-selling console by units and revenue, with Switch in second place by units and the Xbox Series consoles in second place by revenue. Very good. Some other highlights. Splatoon 3 was the fourth best-selling game of the month. Behind FIFA 23, Madden 23, and NBA 2K 23. (laughs) Man, sports games are just juggernauts. (laughs) But as always, a couple of caveats here. So uh, this doesn't include digital sales for Splatoon 3 because Nintendo doesn't report those to NPD Group. But the other publishers uh, listed there do. Um, So EA and 2K. And then by revenue... uh, Oh yeah, this oh, this list is not by units; it's by revenue. And Splatoon Three is at least is at least ten dollars less than those other games' starting price. Yeah, because um, Splatoon Three is sixty bucks. The other games start at seventy. Plus, they have you know like gold editions and sure, yeah. uh, various collectors editions that are much more expensive. Um, some other things of note: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Cowabunga Collection was number six. On the charts. I contributed to that. And Mario Kart 8 holding strong at number 10. Which, again, not digital. Right. No digital included. But the NPD listing is, like, interest is it's interesting, but it's just a one data point, and it's really hard to draw any meaningful conclusions from it because it's ranked by revenue, which is kind of the point. Like, uh, 10 years ago, NPD Group used to re- uh, release a monthly chart that had unit sales with it but the companies who like contribute to nbd they for obvious reasons didn't love that information being made public right so the mpd group changed doing everything by revenue which um you know similar to how apple used to report uh units sold for iphones now they just report like the revenue generated by it right and so it, it just makes for like a weird picture a public facing picture because for instance the cowabunga collection was 40 bucks and ranked number six but the fifth best-selling game of the month so just above it was the last of us part one for ps5 which cost 70 yeah so famously by, 70 dollars so by units the cowabunga collection had to have sold significantly more right because you last need to sell part almost two. two to get to one last of us part two yeah so what does it mean like nothing it's still a, <laughs> a relevant chart but it's just something to keep in mind right when we're talking about this like it just paints a very specific picture about um sales metrics but not the entire picture right i guess now i'm just a little like gun shy after the <laughs> band right. we gotta put thing. everything into every possible context <laughs> right exactly but like and, you know, obviously none of these are measures of, like, actual success for the games as, like, we're just talking about gross revenue. And it's like, okay, well, what was actually more expensive to develop The Last of Us uh, Part 1 or uh, the Cowabunga Collection, you know? Right. Um, so, and, you know, that is, that is like, truly uh, unobtainable data. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, it just, look, NPD's still fun. <laughs> I still think it's fun. I still want to talk about it. This is totally tangentially related, but uh, I last week when I was like uh, ordering my Persona Five Royal digitally, 
on the eShop, I saw that ordering. That's such a that's that's such an buying. interesting way to express that. Like, you're like going on Grubhub or something. I saw that Disney Dreamlight Valley was number one on the eShop last week, and not just digital only sales, like of the entire eShop. And right now it's number three. Huh. Which um uh. Is there a big groundswell for Disney Dreamlight Valley? I am just constantly reminded, and this I feel like this is a good reminder, yeah. is that my f- video game focus is so narrow. Mm-hmm. But there are kajillions of people playing You're video games. You're not even playing Marvel Snap. <laughs> I'm not even playing Marvel Snap. There are kajillions of people playing video games yeah. that like are not even on my radar. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. we don't talk about it all on this show. I, I mean, I, I think you and I encountered the word Roblox in a news story <laughs> not that long ago, and we were like, what is, what is, is this a typo? What is this? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, gr- great point. Uh, do obviously uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley is something that is like just a little. It's close to what the kind of game you and it I is want. So close, and I mean, we we saw, were talking about cozy games. We saw a trailer, yes, where uh, an avatar took a selfie with Ursula, and both of us were like, "Do we need this game?" Because <laughs> it seems like Animal Crossing, right? Plus Disney, right. I saw, uh, I saw they just added Scar content. I saw that too. Major update. Maybe that's what pushed it to the top of the eShop charts. <laughs> I I think there's a very real possibility that before the end of the year, you and I are playing Disney Dream Life Valley and Marvel Snap, and that's it. <laughs> when I saw that it was number one on the eShop, yeah. uh, I start, I like went in and I was like, okay, it's only 30 bucks. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, it's only like 60 bucks for the Ultra Deluxe Edition that... Gives me I think like it's even less, isn't it? Is oh, it, like 50 it, it might it might be less, but it's like uh, there's like three editions in there, and one of them gives you uh, uh, enough gem or whatever currency is in the game to unlock the season passes or whatever mm. they call season passes. Yeah. They have a name for it for like three years or something. And I was like, maybe I should just do that. <laughs> maybe I'm all in. Maybe this is my personality now. I've spent more on worse games. Totally. Guaranteed. L- let me ask you this. Uh, is is it just uh, like Disney animated stuff or is Pixar in there too? I, I do not know we for sure, know. but okay. I would be shocked if it doesn't include Pixar stuff. Is there, do you think that there is like an, uh, a character or like a location from one of those movies that would be enough to make you go, well, that's now I don't have a choice? <laughs> I think if I, I mean, ha- Ursula might have been it. <laughs> I think if, um, uh, if my avatar could give Sully from Monsters Inc. Yeah. a hug, yeah, that could be that, pretty that, good. That's game over for you. Uh, I, I think if I can become the llama from Emperor's New Groove. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> That'd be so good. Or if I could find Kronk. If I can find Kronk in there. Get a selfie with Kronk. Oh, my God. Uh, Nintendo continues to amuse. I don't really know what other word <laughs> to use for it. Confound with its strategy for adding Confound new games uh, to their Nintendo Switch Online services. After getting no new new Nintendo 64 games in September and releasing Pilotwing 64 just a couple of weeks ago in the middle of October, we're getting two new <laughs> games for the Nintendo 64 on November 2nd, Mario Party 1 and Mario Party 2. And so at this point... At the same time. We're the- good for 2022. These are all the games that they announced, although... All the games they announced coming in 2022. There are a few we know that are coming in 2023. So in, but Goldeneye was not dated. Goldeneye was not dated. So it is possible yeah. that Goldeneye is like a December game, right? Or the December game, or it's coming in 2023, or I guess 2024. They really didn't promise no, anything. They, they did. They did not promise a single thing. Other than they didn't date it, and they talked about those two years. So, yeah, I guess you're right. It is possible that it falls outside the range of those two years. Here's what's... This is all very strange. Here's a, an individual data point that I find strange. We still also have Mario Party 3 on the horizon. Oh, my gosh, you're right. <laughs> so they made, a, they made a specific choice to release Mario Party 1 and 2 at the same time, same day, but not 3. They know it's a Black Friday... D- Game changer. I just, what, I, it's, it's all so perplexing. <laughs> I don't understand the strategy. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. And we never, ever, ever will, except maybe <laughs> when like Bill Trinan retires yeah, and sure. he writes a book and he's doing this like same book tour that Reggie fils did. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully somebody will ask him then. See, I feel like Bill is less of, I can't call him by his first name. <laughs> I think Bill Trinan is a, a less aggressive salesman than Reggie Fils. No, you're right. You're and right. He'll, he'll right. have he'll have a tougher time of it. You're right. Um, but uh, 
I, you know, I bet Bill Trinan, I'm using first and last name here. Um, uh, I bet he could write a good book. I think a, he could an too. Book. And maybe because he's, you know, like not as hard of a seller as Reggie Fizeme, he'd slum it and come on our show. Resident Evil Village Cloud releases this Friday. And Resident Evil fans who are interested in cloud versions anyways have a <laughs> lot coming their way in the next few weeks. Capcom has announced that Resident Evil 2 Cloud will launch November 11th with Resident Evil 3 Cloud one week later on November 18th. And then in December, uh, Resident Evil Village gets the Winter's Expansion DLC on December 2nd. And then Resident Evil 7 closes out the month uh, with a release on December 16th. Uh, This is a classic release strategy. Order 2, 3... No, eight, two, three, eight again, and then seven. Yep. Um, that's the perfect release order. <laughs> it's the my preferred order to play the Resident Evil games, of yep, course. That's also how I watch the Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's break that down for a second. So seven, eight, no, start with eight. So uh-huh. start with Last Jedi. Uh-huh. Uh, then go to Force Awakens. Then Curveball, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and then you're going back to... No, I messed it all up. No, you're right. No, 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 because then you do The Force Awakens. You didn't do The Force Awakens in the first place. Oh, you're right, because you start with eight. So, uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi. And then you do Attack Attack of the Clones. Clones. Revenge of the Sith. Then Force Awakens. Then then The Last Last Jedi Jedi again. again. No, I messed that that up, too. (laughs) The point is, it's so counterintuitive, we can't even make this joke. Um... (laughs) What? Uh... No, I'm determined to get this. All right, okay. All right, so focus, so, focus. Okay, focus. so you're starting with the last Jedi. You're starting with the last Jedi. Then you're going Attack of the Clones, and then uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then you're going back to the last Jedi, and then you are finishing with the Force Awakens. So we did have it right that second time. No, I don't think so. I think I, we had those last two flipped. Well, we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, what what's going on here? Uh, first of all, why not? Look, Nintendo is demonstrating you can drop two games in the same series on the same day. Uh, why are they putting these like a week apart? Yeah, I I, I really don't know. Uh, baffling. I did not play the Resident Evil 3 remake. Um, but it's another one where it's just like, I just don't know if the cloud version is the way I would want to do it. If I could yeah. rent the cloud version, maybe. But I don't want to pay for a cloud version. No, and I, def- I definitely don't want to pay full price for a uh, cloud version. Um, I recently... I say recently, it was months ago now, um, bought uh, Resident Evil 3, um, the, the the remake, for like 12 bucks or something like that on, on the PlayStation Store. Um, so I will at some point play it there. We should play it together, and then we both That'd will have experience yeah. it. I like, I like Nemesis a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, why 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 would you play the cloud version? I guess if the, if the, sw- if have, the Switch yeah. is your only console. Same thing with like Alan Wake Remastered, right? right. And when I played uh, a little bit of Control the cloud version the demo um it worked fine it's just the like not um knowing that i could lose access to it at any time yeah it's a real bummer uh and also just like knowing that you have to be tethered to the internet too like you couldn't have played it while you were traveling or and anything like that um which i know is like an outlier scenario neither of us really travel all that much but like you know you when you want to play the game you want to play the game i kind of feel like i should just try it once though yeah just to have like experienced it and know what like playing a game on a cloud version is like let's find a cheap cloud version of a game yeah do those ever go on sale i don't it doesn't feel like it, it. they so should like those kingdom hearts games no it's still super expensive stupid expensive yeah the, i mean the because i i played the kingdom hearts uh demo um, in the cloud version, had a kind of a tough time with it because it's sort of you know action based in in its combat. You played the the control demo, um, and ran fine. You said, yeah, I didn't have any issues. Um, but w- neither of us have spent like real time with one of these things. Maybe you're right. Maybe we should find uh, a a nice like low price point uh, cloud game and and see what the experience of actually getting through it is. Finally, uh, those of you hoping that the new animated Super Mario Brothers movie would be a hard, R-rated violence fest, uh, you're going to have to wait for the rumored Donkey Kong spinoff because... NC-17, I've heard. (laughs) Yeah, because the MPAA has rated the Super Mario Brothers movie PG here in the United States for action and mild violence. 
That makes sense to me. No rude humor. This is an important distinction mm. because uh, that is a no farts. Th- presumably, yeah. Oh. Not is rated for PG for me- rude humor. Um, what else does rude humor mean? Farts. I think that yeah, boogers. Uh huh. That might be it. That Just might be farts it. and boogers. Yeah, I guess since it's rude, maybe it's calling somebody mean names. Yeah, it could be. Calling Bowser a big dummy. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're not going to do that in this movie. Also, uh, the movie was originally announced to release in December 2022 in North America, but later delayed to next year to align with um, the release like in Japan and more worldwide. At the time of the delay, I remember saying that, oh, maybe it's because like uh, production needed more time, and that is a very frequent narrative for animated movies. But the fact that it's been rated would indicate that it is basically finished. And so maybe they yes, really... true. Uh, because unlike games where they just ba- uh, send like a reel of um, aspects of the game that they want to make the um, rating board aware of, and then they base their rating on that, uh, the, the in- entire movies are screened for um, like the ratings board, which is just made up of like... There's a documentary called... Um, uh, Ooh, I'm blanking out. But basically, it's all about... Because the, the ratings board for the MPAA is, like, super secretive. Like, who's on it, yeah. how they make their decisions, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, is this the uh, the documentary that reveals that one of them is a, a dog with a, like, talking board where it just, like, pushes the button? <laughs> hey, yeah. It's, it's a point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, th- there's no rule in the book that says that a dog uh, can't, can't be on the... Movies? Uh-huh. <laughs> But basically, yeah, the, uh, they screen the finished film or close to finished film for uh, the ratings board. So, yeah, maybe they really did just delay it, which makes sense. It was always kind of weird that they had a staggered release, that they were going to release it yeah. in the U.S. first and then, like, Japan later and the rest of the world later. Um, is, that so, a, is that a localization thing? Yeah, maybe it was. I don't know why they did that. but So maybe they did just decide to align it worldwide, which I feel like makes a lot more sense. Yep, uh, makes sense. Uh, Mark, that movie is still barreling towards us. I, I kind of can't believe that uh, living in this liminal space between uh, trailer and movie uh-huh. um, is uh, it's a little surreal. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please... Rate, review, follow us, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you like this episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter. Just don't share it in a misinformation kind of way. Make sure you give people all the context that they might <laughs> they might want. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo, and our theme music is provided by Apipetti. You can get more of his music by going to apipetti.com. Or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.